0: Hi everybody, Wayne Kaminsky here. The stunning news about the passing of Ryan Brady has shocked everyone who had known him and his work. The Take It Away podcast was amazing, as well as his latest podcast venture with our own Paul Kaminsky on Now Hear This. We miss him very much and it is with love that we dedicate this and all of our shows to Ryan, a fellow Beatle fan and a wonderful human being. This is for you, Ryan. Yesterday and today and forever. Cheers. yesterday and today. 1975. Part 11. In this final episode of 1975, we will cover November 14th through December 31st. Now that George has produced and released the Lumberjack song on Charisma Records, another single that was released on November 14th came from Ringo Starr's record label, Ringo Records. The song is titled I've Had It by Carl Grossman. It is released in Europe only. On November 20th in Los Angeles, Judge Brian Kahan dismisses marijuana charges against Linda McCartney after she had completed a drug counseling course in London. The original offense happened about a year ago when the McCartneys were returning back to their Malibu residence from a recording session for Venus and Mars. Paul, who was driving, ran a red light. The police pulled them over, and Linda was found to have marijuana in her purse. On November
2: 20th, Ringo releases his greatest hits package, called
0: Blast from the Past.
3: You come on like a dream, beaches and dreams, like strawberry wine, you you're beautiful and you're mine. A oh, ah, 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 ah. lady that I know just came from Colombia. Ah. She smiled because I did not understand. Ah. Then she held out some marijuana. Uh-huh. She said it was the best in all
2: on everyone's heels convincing listeners that it don't come easy.
4: That
2: was a hit
5: when it was just a sing-song round the guitar.
2: this hit making takes time talent and an old pal to produce like george harrison ringo's got the best backbeat
6: i've ever heard and ringo will
2: play a great backbeat 24 hours a day he
6: hates drum solos
0: that brings us to side two with another big hit for ringo
7: it's called only you which is an old song by the platters and I think before that by the mills brothers and it's a great track
0: From Your Past by Ringo Starr. This album release, as with Lennon's Shaved Fish, completes his contract with EMI. It is also the last LP to be issued under the Apple Records label. The album peaked at number 30 on the US Billboard charts. On November 24th, filmed for Eric Idol's Rutland Weekend Television Series in England, a Beatles parody sketch is being recorded. Bonzo Dog Doodah Band member Neil Innes wrote and sang a song in the style of the Beatles. The song is called I Must Be In Love. The sketch was written by Innes about a band called the Ruddles, who skyrocketed to fame and fortune in the 1960s. Fellow Monty Python member Eric Idle also contributed to the sketch and recorded the track at Denham's Memorial Hall in Buckinghamshire. The song was then shelved to air on a future date. This man is suffering from love songs. It's incurable but worth a fortune.
8: I feel good, I feel bad, I feel happy, I feel sad, you think I'm in love, I must be in love, I feel rich, I feel poor, I'm in doubt, I feel sure, you think I'm in love. How I feel, how I feel I'm in love I must be in love So am I. Am I dead? Am I alive? Am I fool? Am I sure? I'm in love. I, I must be in love. I feel, I feel good. I feel bad. I feel bad. I feel happy. I feel happy. I feel sad. I feel sad. I'm in love. I, I, I must be in love.
0: On November 29th in Los Angeles, radio station KCSN broadcasts an exclusive in-depth interview with Beatles road manager Mal Evans, hosted by Laura Gross.
9: Mal reflects on his life before and after the Beatles. I was a telecommunications engineer for the post office in England, Mm
4: -hmm.
9: and I'd been there like 11 years. I really wanted to be an entertainer. All my life, since I was a kid, I wanted to be an entertainer. And being role manager for the Beatles was the next best thing.
10: Well, being so close to something that was so big, you really were an entertainer in a sense. You were definitely a celebrity. And (coughs) Beatles fans, to this day, Mal is one of the most well-known. Everybody loves Mal. He's the favorite of all the Beatles fans.
9: Well, I do have that bullshit exterior, you see, where I go around loving people. No, I do love people. I think that might be my gig all my life. People, I really get on with people generally, you know.
10: Yeah. Well, what would you, as a producer, do? You want to keep producing after the Oh book well, yes,
9: finished? yes I do indeed. What would you? There's th- a group of. Uh, I went to a Beatle fest in New York, which was fascinating, and I was guest speaker for the
10: weekend.
9: hmm Oh, that was so exhilarating.
10: What that happened was there?
9: Absolutely fantastic. Well, I was very nervous, and I got together. I'd seen a lot of home movies over the years of the Beatles so we got together a quarter of an hour film from Rishikesh in India where we were meditating and I thought well I'll show this quarter of an hour film
4: mm-hmm.
9: talk for ten minutes few questions and answers and I'll get off as quick as possible so comes the time I sat the afternoon and I'll show the film I get on I'm on for two hours and they have to drag me off in the end because the audience were so pro me because they were all Beatle fans you know, right. Right. it was wonderful it was just it was like being a beetle for a weekend because there was all the autographs, the photographs, the people making the fuss and getting a lot of attention, you know. It really goes to my head, that sort of
10: We've been talking a lot about the Beatles, naturally, because they were such a well, part just of just talking home.
9: about that. If I am just away for a minute.
10: Sure.
9: Remember, Paul had the Queen Mary.
10: Mm-hmm.
9: Had a party on there for Venus and Mars. Right. And just as an example. When you arrive, you go up this escalator, Mm -hmm. and all the fans are there, and there's a couple of people shouting, Mal, this way, and taking pictures, and it was like preening myself like some prima donna, oh yes, please, more (laughs) pictures, more pictures, I love it, I really do like the attention.
10: It is kind of fun, Mm. and especially now, I think, that you've been apart from The Beatles for the time that it's been, and being a producer and a songwriter, Mm -hmm. you're coming now a writer, you're coming into your own.
9: You've got actors.
10: An actor. <laughs> you were in Blind Man? You were in Manchester? Yes, yeah, I was Blind Tour. Man. Yeah. Right. So you're coming more and more into your own as a personality. And I think more and more the attention is really directed toward you, which must be yes. very exciting for you.
9: It is. It's a bit nerve wracking. Because I've never had to do anything for myself in the past. Mm. I've always. I was in the post, I was, say, an engineer. So you had a job of work to do. I was not. Being big, and I was very good. I was a good engineer, mm-hmm. so you could, I could really cope with it, no trouble at all. Working with the Beatles was always doing something for somebody else.
10: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I like
9: always cope with somebody else's problems.
10: Yeah,
9: but doing it for yourself is a bit difficult, a bit different.
10: Do you, even though it's it's hard, <clears throat> do you find the challenge kind of refreshing? Doing these things for yourself because you're really becoming quite a challenge yeah. in your own right.
9: Thank you. It is refreshing, it's very exciting. The book at the moment is my whole life, you know. Talk about let me take you down memory lane. Mm
4: -hmm.
9: There was a magazine uh, there. There was a monthly magazine called Beetle Monthly, which went for six and a half years Mm -hmm. in the beginning, you know. And I I I used to write articles for it, and Mal's Diary was. I used to take a lot of pictures for it. Mm -hmm. You are always a part of the whole environment. Yeah. You were really a big part of everything that went on.
10: It's been great having you on the show.
9: I love tonight. it. It's My favorite subject for people. I I do like to talk about
10: yeah, it. My favorite subject too. Thank <laughs> we you could lot. go on for hours. Thank, thank you very you much for having me. Thank you for coming down and being with me.
9: Pleasure.
0: On December 8th in America, Apple releases the single "This Guitar Can't Keep from Crying" by George Harrison. The ending of the song had been edited from its original This is the second single from the album Extra Texture Read All About It. It becomes the last single on the Apple label. The B side, Maya Love, was taken from George's Dark Horse LP from 1974. Unfortunately, the single doesn't even enter the charts. Also on December 8th in America, Ode Records released the album. New York Connection by Tom Scott. This LP features George Harrison on slide guitar on the song Apollonia. that evening at Madison Square Garden in New York City. The final show of the Rolling Thunder Review's Fall 1975 tour takes place. It is organized by Bob Dylan. The show was a benefit for imprisoned boxer Reuben Hurricane Carter. New York photographer Bob Gruen was at the rehearsals when Bob Dylan asked him to take a message to John Lennon. Dylan wished John to join him on stage that evening. Lennon responded by sending him a message. Just tell Bob Dylan that it's my turn to watch the river flow. Still in New York on December 11th, With newborn Sean Lennon now two months old, John and Yoko invite photographer Bob Gruen to their Dakota apartment for what John calls Sean's first official baby photos.
11: John and Yoko called me a month after Sean was born to come and take pictures basically for their family. The couple wanted to send the
0: photos to Yoko's relatives in Japan and John's relatives in the UK. John, Yoko, and Sean all dress in Japanese kimonos, with John tying his long hair in a ponytail. Also on December 11th in their New York City, Dakota apartment, John records a contribution to a project being produced by New York WNEW FM radio host, Vin Skelsa. Dr. Winston O'Boogie testing this year. In the style of the People's Almanac survey, Skelsa had prepared a list of New York-related questions, which he had distributed to a number of local celebrities and artists, and planned to incorporate their responses into a holiday radio special.
12: Could you talk a bit about New York's role in turning Beatle John Lennon into human being John Lennon? Well, no, I couldn't because New York didn't turn me into a human being. I've always been a human being and will continue to do so. Now, here's the next little bit. Does the city give you any special inspiration to create? What rhythms and, no, actually, it makes me want not to create because it wears me out. <laughs> it's enough just to sit around in this city. As I sit here now talking to this tape, I'm waiting for, for Dial-a-Frog to deliver some food. What rhythms, energies, tensions, is it? can you plug into any as a base for music? Uh, all my music is done in my head, and I could actually be living in Venezuela, I guess, but it's just for my psychic well-being I'm living here, I think. Is your new child a New York baby? Of, well, of course it's a New York baby, because it was born in New York hospital. Do you think he would grow up here? He'd probably grow up here, but even New Yorkers get a bit narrow-minded about New York, so uh, that's including myself, you know. So I think it'd be good for, we both think it'd be good for him to see a little of the rest of the world and have half and half, you know? Do you ever feel threatened, afraid, lonely here? Does the city ever swallow you up? Well, I feel threatened, afraid, and lonely everywhere. So that's nothing new, all right? So uh, it's a nice place to be frightened in, New York. One of my favorite places to be scared in because there's always a friendly channel on the TV to turn to. Since the show will be aired during the holiday season, do you have any special messages or thoughts from New York and his people? Yeah. Hi, New Yorkers. Isn't it great to be here? Okay, I hope that suits you, Vin. Oh, Vinny. Uh, Vin Selska. I can't, I can't say your name very well. Uh, okay, and all the best to New York from John, Yoko, and Sean. And holiday greetings to all jolly listeners uh yes over and out i hope this is fine for you gang and uh happy christmas to all of you you. (laughs) bye-bye
4: Um, 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 dois, um, um, um,
0: It was around this time that Ringo Starr officially moves to Monte Carlo
3: with Nancy Andrews. I've left England now because money is important. You live in uh, Monte Carlo now?
7: Yeah. yeah, I'm a resident of oh, Monte Carlo. How high up? Um, about this high up, I'm 30 flights up. And uh, it's great because I look right over the Mediterranean and all of the harbors, you know, the, the harbor and the, ca- mm. and the castle where uh, Grace and uh, husband live. Do you see them often? I've never seen them. They always seem to be away when I'm there. I think they. He's coming! Look out! They <laughs> run away.
0: <laughs> he freely admits that it is purely for tax avoidance reasons.
7: Well, it's for two reasons. It's 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 close to England for my children so they can come and see me, and it's for tax. Mm. You know, because uh, the taxes are getting outrageous in England. I've paid enough, thank you, over the years. Mm. So i um, I've decided not to pay them anymore.
3: It's silly to pay that much away yeah you know and i'm not going to go on any tom jones or oh, sorry tom or any of that situation where well i have to i have to leave purely because i will not pay that money so to you, the government i have paid a lot of money you think the are asking too much from people that you're uh, uh, who yes. your status of earning and, and the rock and rollers are the least important let me tell you how it will
6: One for you now
0: Ringo also receives a five-year, five-million-dollar recording contract offer from ABC Records in America. On December 13th at the BBC Television Center in Wood Lane, London... George Harrison tapes a guest appearance on BBC TV's Rutland Weekend Television Series. Harrison dresses up and imitates a pirate throughout the show.
13: Thirty pieces of uh, pirate. Good evening. Hi, uh, hi, Long John. Uh, yes, 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 very nice, very nice. uh, yes, very nice, very nice. Yes, you'll now. be able to sing in a minute, thank you. I sing? Yes, in a minute, ladies and gentlemen. The incompatible larynx of the Quiet One from the Fab Four will be here to sing you some of his besties. I'm not here
6: to sing, I'm here to act. Act? Yes.
13: Here? Yes, a Jim man on the dead man's chest, the pirate sketch. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry, there's uh, there's no pirate sketch down on the running order, I'm afraid. No pirate sketch down here, see? And no pirate sketch? No. I'll help you, then.
0: The show will air later in the month. Also on December 13th, fire, 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 fire. the wing single,
2: Venus and Mars Rock Show, reaches number 12 in the American singles charts. Paul McCartney's favorite times were his escapes from the rock show madness, when he was safely hidden away in Scotland, down on the farm with Linda and the kids.
7: We've got pretty much a family kind of life. You know, we've got three kids. It takes up quite a bit of time. Do a you, lot of riding. As you'll know, if you've got any yourself, you know. Got
11: yeah, Western we ride Saddles,
7: We've got a Scotland. farm up in Scotland, you know, and just before we came here, actually, we were uh, we had all the sheep in. We kind of got up one morning, Linda and I went out, rounded all the sheep up, <laughs> herded them all in. That was about, yeah. You know, 200 of them Herded them all in separated the lambs off chose the rams from the you know, from the Lambs that aren't quite quite so good and all of this, you know, we just I do a lot of that, you know I've got got a small studio there. It's nothing nothing big. It's just a four-track, you know But I can make kind of demos. I can just record if I'm desperate, but I normally Don't like to work at home because uh, I don't like the feeling of having the office in my back room i like my home to be my home and then my office to be somewhere else or my studio to be, you know, well, so as you I can travel to it, because then I can cut off from it when I'm finished.
0: While taking a break from the Wings World Tour, McCartney retreats to his home in Scotland, where he works in his studio on the Hot Licks and Cold Cuts album project that he started in 1974. He mixes the tracks When I Was in Paris, The Great Cock and Seagull Race, and Thank You Darling. Over in London we Meanwhile Ringo and Nancy fly into London to spend the holidays with family. While in the UK, Ringo attends a Queen concert at the Hammersmith Odeon on December 14th. A few days later on December 18th, he escorts singer-songwriter Lindsay DePaul at the Royal European film premiere of The Man Who Would Be King, starring Michael Caine and Sean Connery. Although Ringo seemed to be in a serious relationship with Nancy Andrews, he was seeing Lindsay DePaul on a more regular basis. Around the world, it's the Christmas holiday season. During the week of December 21st, over in New York City, at John and Yoko's Dakota apartment, photographer and friend of the Lennons, Bob Gruen, is visiting with
11: the couple when the doorbell rang. We were in in the bedroom watching TV and all of a sudden the doorbell rang. And they live in a very secure building, like the doorbell of the apartment does not ring unless the doorman has told you somebody's gonna come and ring it. So the last time that happened, it was customs agents trying to throw John out of the country. So they they were, I mean, immigration agents, but so they were a little nervous and they asked me to go check the door. And they were double doors, so I opened the inside door and I heard some Christmas carols. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I yelled back and said, don't worry, it's just kids singing Christmas carols. But I opened the outside door, and it was Paul and Linda McCartney, this Paul, and uh, not just kids. <laughs> uh, and I said, oh, I think you want to see the guys in the bedroom. And I brought them in. And uh, they were all very happy to see each other, in spite of what lawyers or press people say. Uh, they seemed like old friends who were very happy to see each other. They were English. They had a cup of tea. You know, and, uh, It was a very nice
12: meeting. I
11: didn't take any pictures because they didn't ask me to and it wasn't a public event and I didn't want to turn it into a public event and say, hey, you're two Beatles, let me take a picture because they just seemed like old friends. I was waiting for them to ask me.
2: days leading up to christmas more hit packages were hitting the charts hard and fast for christmas 1975 with ringo's blast from your past leading the pack
3: you come on like a dream beaches and
2: The record companies seem ready for a British revival, with the release of the various volumes of The History of British Rock. Even the Rolling Stones are out with a greatest hits collection, the Roll Gold album, that included two Lennon-McCartney contributions. First, songwriting on I Want to Be Your Man and then background vocalizing for the stones on we love you released just after the beatles put out their summer of love single all you need is love in 1967. john lennon remembers the friendship with mick jagger and all the young british rockers who used to make the pub and club scene in the early 60s
12: we were very close to the stones or so i i don't know how close the others were i spent a lot of time with brian and nick and i i admired them you know i i dug them the first time i saw them in, in uh, what, whatever that place is they came from Richmond club you know and uh, spent a lot of time with them you know and it was great you know we were kings and we all you know just of the prime and we all used to just go around London in our cars and, and meet each other and talk about music with the animals and Eric and all that and we were it was really a good time that was the best period for fame wise you know where we were just we didn't get mobbed so much as was. I don't know it was like uh like a men
0: smoking club. <laughs> just very good scene. Thursday, December 25th, Christmas Day, and just in time for Christmas, ABC Records in America and Ringo Records in the UK released the single Away in the Manger by Colonel Doug Boogie. Doug was the original bass player for the band Queen before bassist John Deacon secured the role. Also in time for Christmas, Joe Pope, the creator of the Beatles fanzine Strawberry Fields Forever, mails to all his subscribers the first annual Christmas record, which is labeled as issue number 18. Here is my copy. Ho
5: Ho Ho! Merry Christmas and welcome to Strawberry Fields number 18. This is Joe Pope speaking to you with his voice. This year, for Christmas, we at Strawberry Fields Magazine thought we'd do something nice for each and every one of you, but we decided to make this record instead. Actually, what we're attempting to do is carry on the great tradition of Christmas records started by John, Paul, George, and Ringo themselves. This is the first in what we hope is a series of annual audio Strawberry Fields that says here, and we think we have a pretty good show for you. So come along with me to last summer's Mystery Tour 75 at the Bradford Hotel, where we'll join the auction of the butcher cover in progress. One hundred dollars so far, hundred and ten from the back, can anybody beat hundred and ten? One twenty, I don't know who it was, someone around here? Okay, right, this guy, one twenty-five, last chance everybody, one twenty-five, good enough. First of all, before the bidding starts, I'd like to give credit to Ron for personally stealing this in the middle of the night. <laughs> right from a bus in the middle of New York City. Listen to this bus. Five right down in front. 20, 25, 25, 30, 31, 35, 40, 45, 48, 52 one time, 53 right in the middle, 55 from Chuck, Fifty-five once, fifty-five twice, guess that's it, fifty-five dollars.
14: Congratulations.
5: The guest speaking portion of our program followed the auction and flea market. Our first guest speaker was Mr. Jürgen Vollmer from Hamburg, Germany.
14: Uh, in British among others, there were a lot of uh, British at uh, that time who played in Hamburg but the Beatles were were by far the most uh, talented and also the most uh, interesting for they have had so many different kind of personalities in one group. That's what attracted us the most. And they had a very, uh, they were uh, always like, uh, Paul was always the outgoing type and very uh, friendly to everybody. While uh, John was more playing more than Brando kind of type. Uh, and George was just a sweet little boy, which he posed. John wanted uh, to use that photo. He he, he knew that photo, and uh, he asked Klaus to ask me. So I got it uh, back together. But I hadn't seen uh, John uh, since 1965. Thought that was a perfect picture to use for So uh, it was very good for me. Uh, but, uh,
5: Our second guest was Mr. Peter McCabe, co-author of Apple to the Core.
14: They were loud, they were raucous, they swore at the crowd, they cursed, they, uh, uh, they threw things, they heard insults. They had people who they knew uh, on a first-name basis in the audience, they knew most of the audience. And there was very little of that, um, of that uh, division between star and, and fan. They were playing music, not to make money, but to please fans. I would predict this. Uh, I think if they ever did, I think it would be for one concert that would be televised live, sort of worldwide, like an alley foreman fight. I think that they would, uh, <laughs> which it might well be, uh, John Paul on stage.
5: Uh, i uh, I didn't mean that. Our third and final speaker was Mr. Richard DeLello, author of The Longest Cocktail Party.
15: Some some movie director once told Paul McCartney that the Beatles were so great that if all they wanted to do was fart on a table, then they jolly well could, and would no doubt, earn themselves yet another gold record for this singular effort. (laughs) Yeah, me too, right. So, Paul McCartney's reply was, but we don't just want to go in and fart on a table. Um, Needless to say, we all appreciate Paul's concern for a (laughs) pollution-free environment. Now, so anyway, the, the publishers kept calling and every time they called, all they ever said, well, we like the book, but everyone here thinks that the Beatles are over and done with. Passé, Benito, all washed up, and there isn't much of an audience left, and well, better luck next publisher. Okay, well, I know there aren't too many Frank uh, Sinatra conventions, right? Uh... One night, he and Linda and Peter Brown were on their way to see Mary Hopkins perform at a London night spot when Paul looked out of the window of the limousine they were riding in and saw a young girl standing in the crowds that lined the streets, awaiting the arrival of the McCartneys and other celebrities. His eyes slammed open and he screamed. He's wearing my leather jacket, the one they stole last week. And with that, he bolted from the limousine, elbowed his way through the crowd, zeroed in on the girl, and without any further introduction, he proceeded to rip the jacket right off the girl's back. really? Okay, well, she was so overwhelmed at having her jacket taken off her in such a frenzied, unorthodox manner that she could do nothing but swing with the punches. Speechless, she watched Paul, jacket in hand, a strange, unholy smile on his face, run back to the limousine triumphantly waving his jacket at Peter and Linda. Once inside the limousine, he did a double take and realized to his horror that the jacket was in fact not his. Quite cool.
0: Flipping over the flexi-disc record, here is side two. High atop the roof of
5: the Hotel Bradford overlooking beautiful downtown Boston, this is station WSFF 910 and you dial the one after 909, bringing you live from Mystery Tour 1985 for and the Rippers.
4: from every joy
5: Listening to our first audio issue of Strawberry Fields. And special thanks to all those who helped make this a successful year for the magazine and to those who helped make Mystery Tour 75 a success as well. Have a Merry Crimble and a Happy Happy.
7: All right, that's a take.
5: They were finished great. This isn't exactly the White Album, but.
13: Thank you,
0: lovely. From the BBC Television
13: in the UK. Christmas weekend on Rutland Weekend Television starts tonight with the traditional hospital Christmas show. This year, Christmas Night with the Scars comes from St Solly's Hospital Pinner, where many famous television stars will be going to have a look at some sick people. It's an unfortunate time of the year to spend in bed all day on drugs, and so a lot of the stars will be getting up and going to the hospitals. What they get up to when they get there, you can see on Christmas Night with the Scars. The morning after starts with racing from Belfast. And who can blame people racing from Belfast?
0: On the day after Christmas on BBC Two, a special Boxing Day edition is aired of the series Rutland Weekend Television with host Eric Idle. The show features special guest George Harrison who wishes to play a pirate in a sketch rather than sing one of his hit songs.
13: Tonight, ladies and gentlemen and audience, is a very, very, very special occasion here on Rutland Weekend Television because we are very privileged to have with us a star of immense magnitude, a man who's been on much bigger television stations than this one, but we hope none more warmer nor more sincerer. The man, none other than the incomparable Mr. George Addison. And he'll be here later on on the programme singing some of his bigots, My Sweet Cyril Lord, etc., etc. Hi, hi, Jim Ladd, here's the black spot and 13 men on a dead man's chest. Ah.
8: Yes, thank you, thank you, yes, thank you, yes, lovely, 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 shovel, thank you,
13: thank you, yes, in a minute. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, in a minute, the evergreen vocal cords of Mr George Addison.
0: The show refuses to allow George to portray a pirate, so he tries different means to persuade the producers. Look, will you speak to him about this pirate sketch?
8: Well, I would, but I don't have any pull around here, you know. Well, what if you were to write a pirate sketch? Well, maybe next year, but... If I were to do it now, you know, I'd get the elbow, that's for sure.
6: Don't you want to play a pirate? Well, it's not that, but...
8: Oh, look out. What? It's a Christmas play. Oh, no.
0: Of course, this was all in good fun, and George conceded to the request of singing one of his hits.
13: Well, now, ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've all been waiting for, Mr. George Addison sings.
6: life for me all my friends are pirates and the same the bbc i got a jolly roger it's a black and white and fast so get out of your skull and crossbones and i'll run it off your mask with yo ho ho and, and, and I got a ha 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 ho ha 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 a a a a Get out of your skull on crossbones. I'm running up your mask. All together I like to be a pirate. A pirate's life for me. And all my friends are pirates and sail the BBC. call a jolly roger.
0: With the end of the year rapidly approaching, speculation and rumors regarding a Fab Four reunion once again begin to grow. Reports of McCartney visiting Lennon in New York on a regular basis, the Beatles recording contract seems to be heading to a close, former Beatles guesting on each other's albums, and a real public love for them to get back to the music all seems to be
2: fueling the longing for a reunion. Love seems to be making a big comeback in 1975 along with the theme of togetherness as the captain and Tennille capture the top spot of the year with their hit. All this togetherness in the air and interviews in the papers rumors start flying are the beatles recording are the beatles reforming or are the fans of the former beatles just indulging in a little wishful thinking apple corporation publicist derek taylor thinks the whole beetle reunion craze that's building is due mainly to boredom with the current rock scene we're all sitting around waiting for the next happening there have been lots of happenings there's been Zeppelin, who are sensational, and Bowie and Elton John, and the Eagles and the return of the Beach Boys and James Taylor era. It's all been very, very good, but there's still something missing. I think maybe we've seen the next thing, you know. I think the only time we're going to see it again is if we see them. Not because nothing's good now. so a hell of a lot that's marvellous now. Music is sensational now, but magic, it ain't.
0: New Year's Eve, nineteen seventy-five.
2: It's six eighteen on WABC. Morning. Harry Harrison remaining you. LaGuardia is open now. LaGuardia Airport open this morning. Thirty-eight WABC degrees. Wednesday morning, December thirty-first, seventy-five. Mostly cloudy today, right through New Year's Day tomorrow. <laughs>
3: the name
6: of the game and nice guys get washed away like the snow and the
3: rain there's been a low
0: Meanwhile, as New York City awaited the new year, the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley, ushered in the new year, singing at a minute to midnight at Pontiac Stadium in Pontiac, Michigan. Welcome 1976.
13: Hi, Jim Ladd. It's the Black Spot and 30 men on a dead man. Yes, ah.
1: For more information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search yesterday and today podcast on Facebook. See you next time. And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever. But to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? (laughs) Don't worry, we will. You can head to our social media pages. That's facebook.com slash yesterdayandtodaypodcast or facebook.com dot com slash third men or you could head to society6.com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's society6.com the number six, dot com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I Family podcasts. Yeah. Keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. <laughs> Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we need your help. <laughs> Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free Excellent. All right. Thank you, Dad. All right. We'll see you on the podcast,
15: folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see oh, for me.